Welcome to the Vineyard Boise Sunday Message Podcast. You can join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and vineyardboise.org slash live. Subscribe to our message podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And if you'd like to support Vineyard Boise, you can give online at vineyardboise.org slash give. Today's message is brought to you by Pastor Brent Jones. Enjoy. Uh, I just want to pray and, and talk this morning just about, um, about compassion. We're going to wrap up this series, so let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the incredible privilege of opening your word together as a family and talking about you. Thank you for the incredible privilege of serving you together and celebrating you together and celebrating the incredible things that you're doing in our family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, um, you know, uh, Trevor mentioned that, that those balloons were seven feet tall in there. Actually, it was 1,500 balloons. Yeah, I don't have the blisters on my fingers because I did not tie them. We had, we had some pretty nefarious plans for his office over those three months, but balloons was, was, uh, was the, the funner of those uh, options. Um, you know, we're wrapping up this series called Living in the Presence, where we've been talking about living in the presence of God, dwelling together in the presence of God, that we, we and, and we know, obviously, God is omnipresent, right? God is everywhere. That's what that means. God's everywhere. His presence is everywhere. His Holy Spirit is everywhere. You can feel him in the mountains and in the forest and the, at the beach and here at church and in your living room. That's all true. Those are that, those, so it's not like you, you go only one place to experience the presence of God. We know this. However, when we talk about living in his presence, what we're really talking about is our awareness of God. We're talking about our awareness of God and what he's doing, paying attention to him. When we say living in his presence, what we're really talking about is all of the things that we do and can do that bring us closer to him because he's not going anywhere, but you and I's hearts wander. Isn't that true? I don't know about you, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not always thinking about Jesus. Okay, I just got really quiet. I'm the only one. Well, Trevor's back, so you guys are good. <laughs> Listen, you don't, you're not always, but when we talk about living in God's presence, what we're talking about is practices, rhythms, things that we can do to dr- bring us closer to God, to raise our awareness of what God is doing. Things that result in the time with him in our lives. We've discussed practices like communion. We, we, we've talked about communion in this series. We talked about celebration, and we, this morning we lived that a little bit. We, uh, we gave testimonies, right, and, and celebrated what God's doing. That's, what, that's why we started three weeks ago. That's why we started the 9.30 celebration time. If you haven't, come by at 9.30, grab a, a donut and some coffee or tea. I encourage you to do that at 9.30 before our services because it's a chance to talk to somebody and celebrate what God's doing. Now, let me be clear. It's not that that's happy, And we talked about this with celebration. Celebration is not, celebrating is not happy or sad. Celebration is not binary. Celebration is the awareness of God's goodness, his favor, and his grace in my life in every season. Amen? 
And so when we start to live that way, it's not just like, oh, I'm sad or, oh, I'm happy. And so I celebrate. And in these times I don't celebrate. It's that we have this awareness of God, of his goodness, his favor, his grace, and his power in our lives in every season. And so then we can laugh together, but we can cry together. We can uh, be happy together and we can mourn together. We can do those things in an atmosphere of celebration, just like the children of Israel did when they had the feast of the Lord. They, God called the feast and they went to the temple and they celebrated together. They sang all the same songs together. They read all the same verses together. They had all of these feelings, regardless of what was going on in their personal lives, but they would come together and they would celebrate God together. Celebration. So we're doing that on Sunday mornings. We're incorporating that for now as a practice that we do uh, before we come and worship together. We talked about worship. We talked about how that draws us into his presence. We talked about uh, last week with, with Danica. Wasn't that just an incredible message on prayer? Yeah, you can clap. That was... I, 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 that, it really, it really, God was really speaking to me and really dealing with me. And as I stood up here at the end of that, I could see God was dealing with us as a family to draw us closer to him through prayer. What a beautiful message. So today I want to close this series on the presence of God and living in the presence of God with the topic of compassion. Compassion. You know, compassion is one of the tenets of the vineyard movement. It is, goes hand in hand with worship in the Vineyard Movement. Since the founding of the Vineyard uh, as an organization, as a movement, as what God was doing in the earth through the church, compassion has been one of the pillars of this movement. Why? Well, let's just start with some, we're going to get into some Bible here. Matthew chapter 20, verse 34 says, Moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes, and immediately they regained their sight and followed him. Just leave that up there for just a moment. Moved with compassion, Jesus did this. Remember we talked last week about, um, as, we were, as people were getting baptized, by the way, something to celebrate, 18 people got baptized last weekend. That was so fun, was it not? It was so fun. But one of the things we talked about is one of the reasons we get baptized, why? Is because Jesus got baptized. Part of following Jesus is doing what Jesus did and doing what Jesus does. Jesus got baptized by John. Let's apply that to this verse right here. Moved with compassion, Jesus healed them. Jesus healed them. Now let's look at Mark chapter 1, verses 40 and 42 uh, out of the NLT. Verse 40, a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. Hmm. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. You know what I love about Jesus is he's always willing. I love this about Jesus. Jesus is always willing. Jesus is always willing. So here comes this man and he kneels at his feet. And he says, if he says, the Bible says he's begging to be healed. And he says, Jesus, if you're willing, you can make me clean. You can make me clean. And we know about leprosy is that it was not just healing the body. They had to then be accepted back into society, back into, so that they could even worship with other people. So it wasn't, he was just saying, he wasn't just saying, hey God, you can heal my skin. He was saying, you can make me acceptable again. 
This was a big ask. But he said, if you're willing, you can do it. And look at this, verse 41. Moved with, say it, compassion. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. When he, that's Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. Harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Hmm. Mark chapter 6, verse 34. When Jesus landed, he came, uh, that, that wasn't out of the 747. That was out of the fishing boat. When Jesus got out of the boat on the shore of the Sea of Galilee and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them. Look, he didn't see this as, a, as, a, as like, oh, hey, I'm getting a crowd now. He didn't like look and be like, oh, hey, they followed me all the way over here. Cool. No, he said, it says he had compassion on them because why? The same. They were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began to teach them. He began to teach them. One translation for this verse in particular says, uh, when he saw the crowd, his heart broke. His heart broke. His heart broke. He wasn't just going to be nice. He wasn't like, oh, his heart broke for them. You're like, isn't this a series on the presence of God? What's this have to do with living in the presence? Well, I started researching this, uh, this message back at the, before this series, actually. And as I did, I found, you find a lot of crazy stuff on the internet, guys. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> <clears throat> I sorted out the craziness because we're short on time this morning. I just want to share this quote with you, and I'm just going to read it today. This is from a, a vineyard church in the UK, and this is just a statement that they have on their, on their website, and I, I came across it, and I loved it. Listen to this. Often, we read that Jesus had compassion. Combined with obedience, it seems to be the main driver behind his ministry. Obedience. Worship leads, to the, worship leads to the presence of Jesus, and he, Jesus, by his Holy Spirit, brings compassion. Compassion is not just feeling an unction, a compulsion that goes beyond emotion. When the Holy Spirit comes through worship, he often leaves a deposit of compassion in the church. Did you hear that? When the Holy Spirit comes through worship, right? When the Holy Spirit comes while we worship, so, so what's this talking about? When I'm in the presence of God, when I do those practices we've been talking about for weeks, prayer, worship, communion, all of it, these, when I do these practices and the presence of God, the Holy Spirit visits me through worship, through those practices, he often leads, uh, leaves a deposit of compassion, we express his heart of mercy and his demand for justice to a broken world. That is why so much of the social justice work done in this country emanates from the church. End quote. 
You can tell someone's been spending time with Jesus because they do what Jesus did. That's how you can tell. You can tell that someone spent, that actually was said of the disciples, like they've been with Jesus. Why? They were doing what Jesus did. You can tell when someone spent time with Jesus, when they've been in the presence, because they're doing things that Jesus did, does, and cares about. You can tell, listen to this, when a church has been spending time with Jesus because they do what Jesus did. They're moved with compassion. It was the same for Jesus in his earthly ministry. We know this. It says in John chapter 5, 19, Jesus gave them this answer. This is Jesus speaking. Very truly, I tell you, the Son of Man, the Son, that's Jesus, can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. You see, Jesus would go away and spend time with the Father and then come back and do the stuff. Do you get that correlation? He would go away and spend time in the presence of God and then he would go do the stuff. He would be moved with compassion. Why? Because he saw what the Father wanted, what the Father was doing. What is the activity of the Father doing? Oh, I'm going to go do that. That's what Jesus did, and he expects the same of us. We spend time in the presence of God. We spend time with Jesus. We allow the Holy Spirit to leave that deposit of compassion in us and lead us, and then we go out and we start doing the things that he's highlighting in our cities, in our communities, in our neighborhoods, in our families. That's, that's what we do. That's where it comes from. You see, compassion is not just the standalone emotion that I sometimes have and sometimes don't have. I guarantee when I leave the presence of God, I'm going to feel compassionate about people because I'm telling you what, it's all he cares about. It's all he cares about. The Bible says that he desires that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's his heart. That's his heart. Sometimes we can just be like, oh, I know what Jesus would want. I'll just do this, whatever. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah, moved with compassion. Yeah, he, none should perish. Okay, I'll go help. It's actually supposed to be motivated by the Holy Spirit because we've spent time with him. And out of that motivation, we go and do the stuff. When we look at Jesus and his interaction with people, we see that he has compassion on them. He had compassion on them. Why? What is the, what's the answer to the why? Why did he have compassion? Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Sometimes I just think of like, I think of uh, like Jesus is walking, like he, for example, that one we read earlier, he gets out of the boat and like he's, you know, stepping out. Like Jesus was real, you guys. He's like hiking up his robe and like getting out. It's awkward and he gets out of the boat and he's getting wet, his feet are wet and he comes ashore. And sometimes I think maybe the father just kind of nudges him and says, hey, look at them. Look in their eyes right now. Look, they're like sheep that don't even have somebody leading them, son. And then moved with compassion, he does something.
Jesus says this about himself. Jesus answers the why. He says, hey, he was moved with compassion because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And then Jesus says this about himself. Look at this in John chapter 10, verse 11. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Good shepherd, shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He says, I am the, he looks out at the crowd and he says, they're like sheep that don't even have a shepherd. I know what to do because I am the good shepherd. He stepped into the moment that the father had chosen for him in his day, in his time, in his ministry. And he wants to do the same through you and I today to say, hey, look at her. She's like, she's like a sheep without a shepherd. She has nowhere to go. What could you do? Later, Jesus actually weeps over Jerusalem. Do you know why he weeps over Jerusalem? It's because they have a missed opportunity for, to know him. That's what he actually says. He says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, if you'd only known the peace that had come to you. That's a weird phrase. He was talking about himself. He's like, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long to just gather you like a hen gathers her chicks, but you wouldn't. You missed the opportunity. Jesus was constantly looking at people with eyes of compassion. As we spend time in his presence, in his Holy Spirit, at the feet of Jesus, we should start to see people with an eye of compassion. We should look at our city with eyes of compassion. We should look at our nation with eyes of compassion. Okay. That's what we should do. I've grown up in the church my whole life. And I just, just, just to, I just um, want to say this. And I just need you to hang with me for one second, okay? Can you do that without like getting up and leaving when I say it? Okay, because I'm not mad. I'm just kidding. I'm not. I, I'm, I'm concerned. I want to just have a frank talk about Christianity. I'm not talking about Vineyard Boise. We're going to learn the lesson because we are part of, uh, of, of the church, the Big C Church. We're going to learn the lesson, but I'm talking about Christians. I'm talking about you and I. We're going to have a talk about our family just for one second. I don't want to offend anybody, so just hang on for one second. Here it is. I think as the church, as Christians, we cling to charity work tightly because it seems like the last thing we can do that the world around us actually respects. Okay, there's the Band-Aid. I took it off. Okay, we're just going to let that breathe for a second. <laughs> I think we cling to it. I'm not, saying it's, I'm not saying charity work is bad. I'm not saying, listen, I, I love what we do as a church family for the people of our city. But sometimes I think we cling to those things and we have to, we're going we're gonna to walk through this lesson today because sometimes I think we cling to them because it's the last thing that's not crazy that we could talk to our neighbors about, that they might listen to us about. The one thing that we can still talk about in any crowd and still feel like church is a good thing, we're not weird you're like, I know, Jesus, God, church, bread, wine, blood, flesh, spirit. It's a little weird, but look, we feed people. You guys don't play with me. Have you ever had these thoughts? <laughs> we do good stuff too. You should come and check it out. 
hey, I grew up, I, I have grown up my whole life in the body of Christ. I know what we like. And sometimes we just cling to it. Now, it's not bad that we do it, but it's bad that we cling to it without a few other things. And so I just want to talk about that. Don't get me wrong. Feeding people is amazing, and we have to do it. We need to meet people's felt needs, but we must not stop short of introducing them to Jesus Christ and the God of the Bible. These days, these days, Jesus and his followers are not so popular. Did I need to tell you that? No. These days, Jesus Christ and Bible stuff and those of us that follow him are not very popular. So it can be tempting to de-emphasize the Jesus part. Have you felt that temptation before? I have felt that temptation before. I'm like, I just hear is this, bless you, right? Like, God, generic blessing over you. I, I do that. I, you guys, I'm serious. I would pick up food boxes. I, this is real. So I picked up a food box for one of our neighbors that was in need, a family in need, and I walk into the house, and there are kids crying, kids without diapers, kids with messy diapers, um, uh, uh, a disabled family member, all of this stuff, dishes that need done, all these things, and I set the food box down, and I was like, God bless you. Why? Was I afraid of offending them? I don't even know. I do that. I have done it. I'm hoping to not do it as much in the future. But I'll tell you, it's really tempting to de-emphasize Jesus in compassion when Jesus is our source of compassion. When our benevolence is not paired with the gospel, we're missing the most powerful piece of compassion and justice that exists in our time. The good news is not that we have a box of food for you. It's that Jesus Christ died on the cross to reconcile you to God, forgive your sin, and erase your shame, and heal your life. The good news is in the name of Jesus. For decades, the church, the church Christianity, used to be on the wrong end of the scale, right? We used to be on the other end of the, I remember this. We were on the other end of the scale, like <laughs> just yelling at people from a box on the corner, coming out of bars, handing out very impersonal booklets and tracts and telling people they were going to hell because Jesus. If you did that, I'm sorry. This is real, you guys. We've been on the opposite end of the spectrum. This happened on the other end. We were like, Jesus, 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 hell, hell, hell. You're going, going, going. No, no nothing else. Who is listening to that? Nobody. In fact, it set us up for where we are today. Which is, ain't nobody listening to what we have to say because we haven't been saying the right things in the right way. Whew, okay. Now sometimes it seems like Christianity is one of the opposite end of the, with the pendulum and just with charitable works. 
with as little Jesus in it as possible. Again, I'm talking about Christianity, guys. I, what we're doing here at Vineyard Boise, I love it. God's breathing on it. God's moving and God's going to continue and he's going to increase it. I'm talking about all overall. But when Jesus, listen to this, when Jesus went to quote an Old Testament passage about himself, listen, it's like somebody was like, I don't know if you've ever been asked this. I've been asked this a few times. Like, hey, could you just give us a bio about you real quick? Like for a job interview or whatever. Just give us like a, just a quick bio about yourself. It's like if Jesus was asked to give a bio about himself, he stood up in front of the whole church and he pulled out the Bible and he said this, Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good good news to the poor. And then he goes on and on. This is what our I-61 ministry is based in. Isaiah 61. He has anointed me to preach good news, to bring good news, to bring the good news to the poor. Matthew 11, four through six says, and Jesus answered them, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the good news preached to them. We must remember that the gospel is powerful, whether it's paired with our physical benevolence or not. But we've wielded it incorrectly. We have handled it like a club. And the gospel is powerful, no matter if it's paired with a warm, warm meal or not. And we've used that power in a negative way. The Holy Spirit draws people to God. Benevolence ministries help people and open the door of their hearts to Jesus and his redemption. Sometimes we stop short of doing it in the name of Jesus because we don't want to be too Christian-y or too offensive, like I said. But get this, I I was kind of rocked by this. In Acts chapter 5 and and chapter 4, we're going to read them both, but get this, Acts chapter 5, verse 40. They called the apostles in and flogged them. They whipped them. They beat them. They ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. Acts chapter 4, verse 14. But since they could, this is the Sanhedrin, they said, since they could see the man who had been healed standing there in front of them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin, the court, and they conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they've performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. So we can't deny the sign. We can't deny the good thing they did. What can we do? But to stop this from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then in verse 18, they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Notice they didn't call them in and have them flogged and order them to stop feeding people and helping around the city. They didn't call them in and order them to stop healing people even. They ordered them to stop doing these things they were doing in the name of Jesus. That was their concern. Remember what Jesus said when he saw the people? He said they're like sheep without a shepherd. Yesterday I was dropping off our youngest at her dance class right off of, right off of um, Fairview in this parking lot that's really hard to get into at certain times of the day if you drive on Fairview out toward Meridian. And uh, I was coming through the parking lot after I dropped her off, and there was this really cute dog wandering all over the parking lot, like right by, right by Fairview. Do you know what I, 
You know what my first thought was? Where is his owner, right? Where is his home? Why is he out here by himself? Now, he could have been hungry and he could have been thirsty. But the core problem was that he was not with his owner. He was not home safe. When I think of of people being harassed and helpless, that's what Jesus said. They were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I think of that like, where's his home? Where's his home? Oh, right? Don't go out in the street, little dog. Sometimes I have more compassion for the little dog lost in the parking lot than the person that I look at and I'm like, wow, don't have time to be compassionate. I'm talking about me because this is real. Food is great. Food pantries, medical clinics, they're incredible when paired with the beauty of the good news of Jesus. Teaching, preaching, and evangelism, that's awesome when paired with the compassion that feeds the hungry, clothes the naked, and visits the prisoner. You see, it's not either or, it's yes and. And we've got to get over this like, you know, like, well, do they like us this week? Oh, we can maybe introduce Jesus. Well, if they don't, let's just talk about the good things we do. We've got to get over that, the, the swing of the pendulum because do you know why? Because we have to reach a city. That's why we have to get over this hurdle. We can't just keep like, oh, I don't know if it's, this is time to bring up Jesus or not. Listen, it's, it, it's a good time to bring up Jesus in our world. It's a good time to bring up the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Compassion. So, It's hard to share the gospel. I'm going to go back. I'm not going to skip this verse. So Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. We're going to read this this passage together. We're going to make some time. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, and he will separate the people from one another as a shepherd. Got that part? As a shepherd separates the sheep. From the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. 34. Then the king will say to those on on his right, this is the shepherd. Then the shepherd will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came and you visited me. It's hard to share the gospel with people if they're hungry or lonely or freezing. So we do what? We feed them. We give them a coat or shoes. We visit them. Why? Because we recognize their need and we meet their need. Just like we do with physical needs, we recognize them and meet them. When we start to see the spiritual need, we can recognize them and meet them there too. It's hard to share the good news if you think people around you are just okay. If you just assume everybody at your workplace or everybody in your life is just good, they're okay, or that, you know, oh, they, go, they told me they go to church. Well, if you just assume they're good, it can be really easy to miss the moment when you can meet their need. Compassion is seeing the need and meeting it, physical and spiritual. 
Compassion without the gospel is just charity. But if your faith does not lead you to compassion for the people and the world around you, you're doing it wrong. You see, it's cyclical. Like the one has to lead to the other. We need them both. We have to have them both. It's not either or, it's yes and. And let's take this a step further. What if we met their physical and spiritual need for the gospel? And then what if we healed them like Jesus did? What if we... What if we did what Jesus did and healed the sick and opened the eyes of the blind and laid hands uh, on the sick and saw them healed? And what if we did this and we saw the kingdom of God break in on earth as it is in heaven? What if we spent time in his presence and saw what he was doing and what he wanted to do in our city? And then what if uh, we stepped out to take part in what he was doing in our city? Seeing the lame walk, the sick healed, the hungry fed, the naked clothed, sight restored to the blind, cancer disappearing, the prisoner remembered, the lonely befriended, and the lost found, those who are rescued that desperately need a savior. This is a complete idea of compassion. This is what the presence of Jesus will drive us to when we spend time with him. When we spend time in the presence of God, it will always move us into a much more holistic way of meeting the needs of people. Sometimes we try to, uh, to, to end route it by just being like, well, I'll, I'll just go serve here. I'll just go serve there. Church is not just a place for you to plug in to something to serve in. It's a family we can connect with God in his presence in and then go out and do the stuff. Compassion is not simply to be the hands and feet of Jesus. It's to spend time with him and then do his will in the world around us. His kingdom come, his will be done. As I've been studying for this series, I keep hearing a prompting from the Lord for us. Let's, can we stand together this morning? Worship team, would you come? I keep hearing this prompting from the Lord. The first time I heard it was in, in our morning prayer times. We do prayer here at the church. Everybody's invited Monday through Thursday at 9 a.m., 9 to 10 a.m. It's really good. During a recent prayer time, I kept hearing the Holy Spirit say, it's time to put on your work gloves. Not just to me, to, to us. I kept hearing it like as a corporate thing, like, hey, it's time to put on your work gloves. This is how I know it was for us because I saw all of these work gloves laid out and they were all shapes, all sizes, all colors. One time, uh, we had a bunch of work to do. This was last summer. We had a bunch of work to do on our house. We had a bunch of clearing to do on our property, and we had to do a bunch of stuff. And, you know, we, I, I say this a lot. We have five kids, and so I was like, perfect, built-in workforce. <laughs> I don't always do that, but this time I did. And you know what I did? I, I just knew. Kate and I talked about this before we did it. We just knew this project was going to be a lot of work and could really be a bummer. Be like, oh, the next three Saturdays, ugh. So I went over to DMB and I bought seven pairs of work gloves for us in colors that I thought the kids would like and appreciate. And then I handed them out 
And then I told him, <laughs> here's some purple gloves. We're going to work for three weeks. <laughs> but that's what the Holy Spirit just reminded me of. Like, hey, remember when you gave your kids those gloves? And he just said, I'm handing out work gloves right now. And so today, this is the response. Like I said earlier, this is not like a con uh, like condemnation on the church. Oh, you've only been doing this church. This is, what I'm here to say is, we there's a much more complete package of the word compassion that the Holy Spirit is asking us to walk in today. Do you hear it? It's both. It's moving in the power and unction of the Holy Spirit into a place of benevolent ministry to others. And in that place, while you're meeting their, their physical needs, he's going to bring up things like their knee needs to be healed. Their eyes need to be healed. They don't know me yet. They're like a sheep without a shepherd. He's going to start, because we're spending time in his presence, we're not just aimlessly doing good stuff. He's going to start to stir that in you, and I believe he's even doing it right now. That's the response we're going to give today. We're just going to say, Holy Spirit, I'm ready to put on my work gloves, whatever that looks like. There's some work ahead. Uh, Jesus said, pray therefore the, to the Father to send laborers, workers, people to do the stuff into the harvest where the stuff is. We can't do the stuff in this room. We can talk about the stuff in this room. Are you hearing me? We can celebrate the stuff in this room. We can worship him in this room together, but the stuff is out there. So what we do is we respond to the call, the prayer that says, hey, pray that there will be workers sent into the harvest. And we say, here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, Lord, send me. Is that your heart today? That's my heart today. So, Today, just, if you don't know Jesus and you're here in this room and you just would say, hey, I don't, I don't know Jesus and I'd like to know him, I want to pray with you. There's somebody here that wants to pray with you um, to meet Jesus. And so today, if that's you, um, would you just, you'd say, hey, I want to pray to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior today. Would you just put up one hand and we want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. And then church, as we step into this place of saying, I want to be, I want to walk in compassion. I want to be like Jesus. I want to look at people and just be moved with compassion. Let's remember that comes out of the presence of God. And so right now, I'm just saying, come Holy Spirit. Would you just close your eyes right where you are, extend your hands and say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, speak to my heart. What color are our work gloves, God? Are they garden gloves? Are they ranch gloves? What kind of gloves are we putting on? What's my, how do you want me to move in compassion? Holy Spirit, I'm here in your presence. Would you give me the next step to say, this is where to go, daughter. This is where to go, son. This is where we're moving. Hey, look at these people. Be moved with compassion for these people. God, would you give us a heart today? right now in Jesus' name. And then if there's any area where you've just maybe, hey, it's hard to be compassionate to people that you're in judgment of. So if you have any judgment towards somebody, would you just kind of let go of that this morning? Say, Holy Spirit, I let go of the judgment for my neighbors or for my city or my nation or 
Maybe it's a people group or, or a particular person, someone that you've, you've judged in your heart and you just say, hey, I, don't, I wanna be compassionate toward them, so I'm gonna let go of that judgment. The Holy Spirit is here just washing that away right now in Jesus' name. Every judgment gone now in Jesus' name. And this is what I just want to speak prophetically over this church, that God is leading us into a new season of work in our city and in our nation. God is leading Vineyard Boise into a new season of work. He's saying, put your work gloves on, son, daughter. We're going to get to work. We're going to bring in the harvest. We're going to feed the hungry. We're going to clothe the naked. We're going to heal the sick. We're going to see blind eyes open. We're going to see cancer leaving people. We're going to, uh, there's going to be a revival of prison ministry in this church. God's going to do, I'm, I, this is what God's doing and he's going to lead us into it as we spend time in his presence together and we say, I just felt like the Holy Spirit prompted me to go do this and we're going to bless you and say, go do that. We're here. Do you have your work gloves on? Are you equipped? All right, let's do it. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us right now? God's calling some to head out and work in the, in the food pantry in, in new, fresh ways. God's calling some of you into the shelters of this city to meet felt needs of people. God's calling some of you to your neighbor, to your across-the-street neighbor. God's calling you to meet your neighbors. God's calling us to put on our work gloves and to head out into our city, move with, out of his presence and with compassion to the world around us. Thank you, Jesus. We respond to you, God. We respond to you. We're just going to wait on him. name of Jesus, come alive in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus. Everything in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. Let's, let's sing that one more time. Sing, come alive. We're singing it over we this sing, church. Come alive over our hearts. In the name of Jesus, come alive. Come to come alive and move with compassion. This is a house of miracles. Every voice, we bring everything to the feet. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus. Everything in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. Oh, sing it again. Sing, come alive. Sing it over our hearts. Sing, come alive in the name of Jesus. Come alive in the name of this Jesus. This is a house. This is a house of miracles. We're going to see lives changed. Everything to the feet of Jesus. Everything in the name of Jesus. This is a house so Jesus, we present ourselves to you and say, God, we're here. Here we are. We're ready to move with compassion toward those around us. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I bless whatever God is stirring in your heart. However, he's saying, hey, go and serve. Hey, go and do this thing. I bless that right now in the name of Jesus. That idea, 
that the name of that person, the, the picture that you see in your heart right now, I bless that in Jesus' name. I say, go and do that. Go and be moved with compassion. And what's going to happen is there's going to be testimony after testimony, week after week of lives being changed, of bodies being healed, of things happening all over our city because we meet with him and then we go and do what he's calling us to do. So Lord, in Jesus' name, I bless your people today. Lord, today we just say, Lord, we're ready. We, we put on our gloves, God, and we just say we're ready to respond to you. We're putting on our work gloves to bring in the harvest, to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to visit the lonely, to reach the lost, to share the power and love of Jesus in our city with our neighbors and our community. We say yes to you, God, today. Will you just say yes to him? Just say yes to him. And whatever that looks like for you, just say yes. I say yes to you, God. And then this morning, if, if you need prayer for any reason, or you just want to respond, we're not done yet. We're not in any hurry. If you just say, I need to respond, I, I'm, I'm feeling a stirring to respond to God to this message, just come on up to the front. We're going to lay hands on you and pray for you. Right now, yeah, come on down to the front. You just step on up, just press right up to the front, just say, I'm responding to the Holy Spirit. He, I'm responding to be moved with compassion in my city, to be moved with compassion where I am. And then the Holy Spirit gave uh, two words of prayer uh, before to, our, to the prayer team that God wanted specifically to deal with in prayer today. Um, the first one is um, somebody that has fallen arches, you're, you're, that you're having a problem in your feet and God wants to heal you of this issue in your feet. And so just, if you can, just come forward. We want to lay hands on you. The prayer team is ready to pray with you and see God touch and heal your body. And then the other thing, the other word that God gave our team was to believe it. To believe it. If that's for you today, we want to pray with you. We want to agree in prayer and faith with you this morning to see God do uh, what, you're, what He's called to, calling you to do in your life. Amen? So just, if you, we're not done, the worship team's just going to keep worshiping. Um, and just, if you need prayer for any reason, please come up, grab somebody on the prayer team, or they'll meet with you. Put a hand on your shoulder and just pray for whatever needs that you have this morning. God bless you. God bless you as you go into our city. Would you just keep your work gloves on and say, God, I'm ready. I'm ready to do whatever you're calling me to do, Lord. In Jesus' name, God bless you. This is... Thanks for listening. To respond or receive prayer after the live stream closes, please email prayer at vineyardboise.org. And if possible, include your phone number. We'd love to get in touch with you. Thanks.